Hello, everybody. My name is Marnie, and welcome to the Golden Thread Podcast. Today, we have a really special guest, Justin Chong, a cinematographer and filmmaker, native Hawaiian, here on Oahu, and I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me, Justin. Aloha. Mahalo for having me, Marnie. This is so great. Justin and I have been trying to create a space to do this podcast for a couple of weeks now so we're we're thankful that it finally came together and uh, we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things Uh, most importantly i wanted to read a little bit about justin's bio which is very very inspiring uh, to look at all the things that he's been doing and we met actually in a mystic ulu workshop with our brother keone hanale over here on oahu um so we've kind of known each other for a little while and i've gotten to know really what he does and uh, so i'm gonna just read a little bit about this so everybody out there wherever you are in the world can get a sense of how incredible this kane this guy is because he's very humble uh, but he's an award-winning native hawaiian filmmaker and graduated from USC School of Cinematic Arts in 2011. And he's worked as a director and cinematographer and editor at, is it Oevi Television Network? Oevi, yeah. Oevi, Hawaii's premier indigenous broadcast station. Uh, Most recently, his acclaimed film, Down on the Sidewalk in Waikiki, premiered at the Maryland Film Festival in New Zealand and won the People's Choice Award for Best Short Drama. This film has continued to screen at festivals around the world, including the Imagine Native Film Festival in Toronto, the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, and the 307 Film Festival in Wyoming, where it was awarded Best of Fest. This is all so epic. I just love reading how accomplished you are. And that's what's going to go into our topic for today. Um, And for the viewers out there, Justin has given us a link to watch two of his um, offerings, which is going to be the one we mentioned right now down on the sidewalk in Waikiki, as well as the Melee Murals. Um, he's currently working on two short narrative films, Hawaiian Soul and A Malamapono Willy Boy. Oh, is that from Willy K? No, a little different. Not a little different. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, and is also an early development on a feature length documentary, Bury Me Green. Bury Me Green. Yep. Is that right? That's correct. Um, he's currently a 2020. Nia Tero, what is that? Fourth World Media Lab Fellow. Can you, okay, so there's just so much here. And continues to share culturally inspired place based stories through his production company, Olona. Olona. Yeah. Olona media. media. Whoo! Oh my heavens. So much goodness is happening with this guy. So let us go into it in terms of one, congratulations on all of your success. It is just inspiring to watch you do what you do and uh, provide really authentic content 
and a voice, which is what we were talking about is this authentic storyteller voice, how that started for you and where that started for you. And how do you stay grounded through all of this incredible success? Yeah. <clears throat> Mahalo. Well, first of all, thank you, Marnie, for having me on your, on your podcast. I'm grateful to be able to talk story and share. Um, I guess for me, my filmmaking journey kind of started when I was in seventh grade. Um, I had just gotten into Kamehameha schools and um, my English, in my English class, our teacher gave us all an assignment for the entire year where we had to, um, I guess through the course of the year, each write our own story or like kind of a narrative and put it together in this like little book um, and then present it at the end of the year. And at the time, there was a new local comedy show that had just come out and was kind of popular called The Brothers and Friends. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I fell in love with it. It was awesome to see um, people that look like me on TV um, with, you know, expressing comedy and skits that were relevant and resonated to a local boy growing up in Hawaii. And I was like, man, how cool is this? And so I asked my English teacher, hey, you know, for, for my project, instead of writing a book, could I write a script? And um, would it be cool if I team up with my, my friend, Daniel, in the, in the class, and um, we'll write it together and we'll, we'll film it. And I'd never written a script before. I'd never shot a movie before. Um, but here we were creating this kind of comedy action sort of movie. Um, and I used, you know, my mom's VHS camera and all of my family were kind of the actors in it and um, ended up buying this like little soft, like editing software that we, I installed on my family's PC and just kind of like went about figuring it out on my own and putting this movie together. And, um, you know, so by the end of it, I had edited together this like 40 minute long movie with titles and like little effects and things. And mm. um was just super stoked on it and unfortunately like two days before the thing was due for whatever reason I guess that the whole thing was so big on this like old dinky pc that like the whole project crashed and I like corrupted all the files and I lost everything I worked on oh. and I just remember being oh so hated yeah I, just, I like laid down face down on the floor and just started <laughs> sobbing and and so you know the next day when the the thing was due all I had to show during the Hoike or the showcase was um, all of the raw footage that we had shot just kind of all out of order and just I remember being so bummed because like I, I had a movie you know and, and mm -hmm. nobody would be able to see it but for whatever reason this whole the process of it really stuck with me and and was something that I, I felt very motivated by and so it was kind of from that point that I was like oh man I'm going to explore this more and really want to like take video production classes and learn what I can so that I can continue to do this kind of work and hopefully not encounter such a um, crazy havoc of a of an outcome and so yeah and so I ended up uh, fortunately there was video production class offerings when I went to high school and so took those classes and then you know when I applied for colleges I only applied to film schools and um, mm -hmm. And so I ended up going to California to USC um, and did my undergrad there in, in film production. Um, but like also at the same time uh, in middle school and high school at Kamehameha, I guess I was fortunate that my, 
my class and my generation was sort of at this time where KS was starting to shift more into um, integrating Hawaiian culture and language more in their curriculum. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the first time that I ever learned Hawaiian language was in seventh grade and continued mm -hmm. taking it through high school. And um, a lot of the classes I took there really allowed me to learn and understand a, a deeper perspective of Hawaiian history and culture that I didn't really get growing up because, um, you know, because of our history of colonization and, and things, my parents and my grandparents didn't grow up speaking the language or really knowing much about the culture. And so a lot of what I learned came through just uh, interactions and learning at school. And, and, and so this kind of coupling of the film passion with this reintegration of my own identity as a Hawaiian and learning what that means um, as I learned language and history was sort of this kind of blend that really complemented each other in a beautiful way that I think inspired me to be like, man, we really don't have good quality, authentic movies coming out of Hawaii that, sh that shares our stories, you know, from a genuine mm -hmm. perspective and from a lived experience and and uh for me it was kind of this this goal that had been set from that time like okay how can i learn and gain the experiences in in the film world to be able to bring that back to help bring more stories from our our culture and our place here in the hawaiian islands um onto that global stage uh in a cinematic way and um because, you know, I feel like our culture is so rich with, with stories that aren't just relevant and important for us here in Hawaii, but that also carry deep messages and values that um, are significant and can apply to anybody in the world. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, and so I've been fortunate to, to kind of, I guess, go along that journey and, and be supported by, by mentors and kupuna seen and unseen along the journey. Um, that's really unfolded, I think, my path. And so after my time in California at USC, um, I had the opportunity to come back home after graduating to work at OEV TV, which mm -hmm. um, was, had just started, was a couple years old at the time, and was created out of the notion that um, in order to really see change, uh, within our community and to highlight the positive perspectives going on, we really need to take control of our own narrative because mm -hmm. for so long, I think whenever we see representation of Hawaiians in Hollywood movies or um, in media, it's usually on the news for things like homelessness or drug use or violence or all of these kinds of negative things. Right. And mm -hmm. though those are, though those are prevalent issues, um, deep within deep in our society in our community there's also a ton of positive um positive stories coming out of our community of ways that people are holding on to knowledge or reclaiming aina and space and mm -hmm. um integrating that into community and so i think oev tv was really born out of this idea to highlight those kinds of things and to give voice to our community in a in a positive way and to be that reflection for our community. And so for me, it was um, amazing getting to um, work there as a filmmaker and as an editor. And mm -hmm. it's really there that I, I learned 
a lot more and really gain my skills as a filmmaker. I think even more so than in college. Um, and to be able to do it practically through the work that we are doing and in community, um, I think to this day, I, for me, I owe a lot of my growth to my time at OEVTV, mm -hmm. um, both on the media sense and in building strong relationship with, within the Hawaiian community. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I worked there for about seven years or so until two years ago, I um, felt the need to kind of continue my growth as a filmmaker and as a media maker. And so decided to leave OEVTV and, and start my production company, Olona Media, and continue doing kind of place space and cultural stories. Um, yet also use that as an opportunity to expand into doing um, more passion projects and creative projects along the lines of um, Down on the Sidewalk in Waikiki or Hawaiian Soul, which is, you know, more narrative type filmmaking, which is like scripted films with actors and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and yet still all from a cultural perspective and um, mo'olelo that are grounded in Hawaii and Hawaii story. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So kind of long-winded story, but that's, <laughs> not you know how I where I am. And, well, it's it's like how do you encapsulate everything you've done up to this point, right? In like a very short amount of time, I think that was really well put, and we get a good sense of who you are and what you're what you've accomplished, but also kind of. This, this podcast in particular really tries to bring out like what the golden thread is amongst whether it's consciousness or, or healing or transformation of, of what, it's, what our society is going through and how um, you and I were speaking a little bit about values and like what it was that, that really gave you a good sense of being able to be a storyteller and and try, oops, sorry. Um, sorry about that. No, no, um, no. I need to check on that. Um, be a sorry, everybody. Somebody's like jumping on to my thing. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Okay, going back. Right. So, really trying to understand um, the things that, that helped you to be who you are today, which we, we cut, we talk about the connection to the Aina and your family values in particular. And could you explain that a little bit? Because I think there are a lot of men and boys and my teenage boy is in a great example of um, what it takes to really be in your body, what it takes to really speak from your heart, what it takes to be with community, um, embody emotions as a masculine, all of these things I think are cultivated in a certain container and yours is unique. And I think everyone should learn about it. Yeah. Nice. Mahalo for that question. Um, I think for myself, I feel extremely privileged that, um, I grew up with parents and grandparents that um, really loved and supported me and, and taught me a lot about what it is to be 
a good person, a humble person, a giving person. Um, and I think I, I am fortunate that being one of the the oldest grandchildren in my kind of family, um, I really grew up around both sets of grandparents a lot. And um, I think for me, yeah, learning what it is to be uh, a masculine or a man in, in this healthy regards and how to express that comes from just watching them, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, my grandpa on my dad's side, on my Hawaiian side, um, was always kind of this really, really like funny, witty person that always liked to bring family together in laughter and is somebody that I noticed whenever anybody needed help, whether he knew them or not, he was there to give help. He was there um, to, to, yeah, give as he could. And then on my mom's side, my grandpa on that side, you know, he, um, he's not Hawaiian, but he, uh, for, you know, the last 30 or 40 years has been a farmer, you know, he's grown kalo and bananas and, and all of this kind of stuff. And, and right behind his house, he has this awesome piece of land that he's been caring for, um, for all of these years. And so myself and my cousins, you know, a lot of our childhood was like running around back there in the Lo'i patch, like playing in the river, catching crayfish and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And it really was a blessed childhood and I feel, and, and now being able to look back on it as an adult and, um, and reflect on it, you know, I think those are all very cherished memories that, that really shaped who I am today. And I'm fortunate that, you know, now as an adult, I can go back into those spaces and um, start to care for, for what he had put in so much work towards and, and, um, and unfold that process for myself of um, learning how to grow kalo and, and things like that. And, and so for me, I think in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's that ability to like come back to family and to community and to, to Aina that really grounds me in this work that is otherwise maybe um, of that other world in terms of media. And it's kind of a global, you're working with a global community in a sense to, to bring mm -hmm kind of these movies to fruition and to, to get them out to the world. And so um, for me, it's really this balance of being able to step into, uh, come back to community and come back to family and place um, to ground me and then take those lessons and those feelings and express them in the cinematic works. Um, and, and yeah, I feel like, you know, as a, I guess the power of storytelling and, and that, golden thread like you were talking about um, really lies in I think the idea and the fact that each one of us as human beings are storytellers right if you look if you think mm -hmm. at the very core of it with every decision that we make every single day and every every choice that we decide to speak or to utter or the interactions that we have we're writing our story right we're, we're writing our legacy we're um, creating our story and at any time we have the power within ourselves to change that story or to rewrite that story or to mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. all of that kind of thing and so I think innately storytelling is something that um, connects all of us because all of us are storytellers right and I think the medium of film is just a tool to be able to amplify stories on a on a larger level mm -hmm. um, by being able to sort of um, 
through characters, through storyline, through emotion, connect empathetically from one person to another, right? And to mm-hmm. for audiences that watch the films to be able to see themselves in the characters or to see themselves in the story. And then mm-hmm. from that, hopefully be able to gain their own like momi or gems of wisdom um, that relate to whatever they're going on, whatever is going on in their life or their, their trajectory. And so for mm-hmm. me, I think with the films that I create and, and the stories I try to tell through media, I hope that it carries that spirit and that essence that allows people to um, see a bit of themselves in it or take um, lessons or just connect on an emotional level um, for whatever journey they may be going through at the moment. I love that um, one understanding how impactful the platform is that you've chosen. And I do have a question which kind of comes up is, you know, is usually in, I would say, what I see for people is like, oh, their father was a cinematographer or their, you know, it was passed down in terms of like an opportunity. Is this something that's within you that's been maybe your ancestors were storytellers in a different way? Or like, I remember when my brother was studying Hawaiian, you know, his, his biggest thing was like, everything is, it's not a written down language. And so you have to, Hmm. it's all um what is that called when it's just oral yeah yeah. which you know when for me I was learning more of my Burmese side and so that language I had to learn through written and learning about how the how culturally things are passed down like for you is there a connection there um you know I mean None of my immediate family or grandparents were necessarily, I guess, explicitly storytellers. But Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of us in the family are very creative and Mm -hmm. artists in general. And so, like, um, you know, my my grandma, my my mom's side, um, she's full Okinawan, but I think a lot of what really kind of inspired me at an early age was that, like, a lot of times I would go to hang out at her house and stuff. She'd, she'd take me out to movies and just, we'd go watch movies together. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kind of always stuck with me and, and she would be one of the ones that would like help me with a lot of my art projects in school, like creating dioramas and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, you know, and then like on my dad's side, every time we hang out, it's like just people talking story and telling jokes and stuff like that. And I think that just that natural ease of us to come together and, and talk story and all of that. Um, yeah. is is a natural thing, especially within a lot of Hawaiian families that I think really sticks. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. For me, I don't know. It's, it hasn't been anything explicit, like in terms yeah. of the storytelling or the filmmaking or anything, but um, just something that I found my passion in and um, is, is a way that I feel comfortable in expressing um, myself, my identity, my thoughts, um, mm-hmm. my hope for the future. Nice. Yeah. And I think I love that how you also talked about like everyone is a storyteller because right now, as we all go through this tremendous humanity shift right now, 
there's so much happening on our planet. Um, this medium of the internet and the ability, even what we're doing right now, you know, I've never done a podcast before. This is all new to me, uh, is really very inspiring for people to share their stories and become part of um, this platform or this ability to share who they are, share what they're doing. And we see that with social media and we see that um, as things are shifting, not even able to go to the movie theater right now. So, you know, what is your advice for anybody out there who has a story to tell or wants to embody really their own life's journey in a way that they can create a project or create an offering for humanity to learn from? What would your advice be? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I think we are living in, in a really awesome and interesting time where the, the access to sharing our story and the access to accessibility to technology that allows us to like pick up our phone and you know, film ourselves or post something on social media and have it being seen by whomever around the world um, is a beautiful time that's really, in a way, democratizing our voices and um, solidifying our, our sovereignty and our ability to express our sovereignty. And I think, I guess my piece of advice would be just, um, it starts internally. It starts with you knowing yourself, knowing and acknowledging your journey, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, otherwise. And, um, and, and then understanding that you're not alone in it, that by expressing, I guess it takes a sense of vulnerability, right. To express your truth. Yeah. And, um, and so I guess first step is, is being able to recognize that and, find that comfortability within yourself to, to be honest and express that truth, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, and then to know and to trust that when you do that, um, you will inevitably connect with others because we're not alone on this journey. And there are others that are going through similar things or are having similar questions or maybe needed to hear what you had to share, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think for me, that's like the biggest way to, or the, one of the most authentic ways to build a strong sense of your own community and support is by just being able to be vulnerable and express your truth because it'll inevitably attract those that resonate with that truth as well. Right. And mm -hmm. for me, I think social media is just one tool of many that we have today to be able to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think like for myself, the way I approach my <laughs> Instagram and social media is, it's just that like uh, it's, I, I like to share photos that I um, take that I feel like express a sense of beauty or wonder in the world around me. And mm -hmm. um, I like to um, write lyrics or poetry or just um, mana'o or thoughts to go along mm -hmm. with it, you know, to have people kind of, uh, mostly because it's things that I'm, I'm thinking through and dealing with. And so I, I really love when, when people express that, man, this resonated with me or this really connected, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess, yeah, piece of advice, just, um, you know, especially in this time that we're in with, with getting to kind of pause with this COVID pandemic and, and all of that, it's, I think it's really been this opportunity 
that the world is giving us to sit with ourselves and ask ourselves, who are we, who do we want to be? And mm -hmm. um, just get comfortable expressing that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I guess, and I guess for me, from my experience, what I've realized and learned is the more that I express from that authentic place of myself, the more the universe and the world around me and kupuna kind of clear the path to to continue going in, in the in the right ways that mm. um, are meant to unfold for me. Mm -hmm. Which is really beautiful. And I think that might be a new, well, I wouldn't say it's a new, but it's, it's, you know, there's, there's the old way of thinking that men can't express their emotional state or their inner truth, or they have to be conditioned in a certain way or present themselves in a certain way. And that's shifting dramatically right now mm -hmm. and seeing and hearing more of you all doing this creates the safe container for more of it to happen. And so thank you for doing that and showing the way, especially for someone like, you know, my son who's 15 now, it's, he's around someone like my brother, who's a really healed masculine, but it was 20 years of hula that got him to that space, you know, so there's the dedication to, and I think when I listen to who you are and, and what you've done. It's this deep rooted family values and connection, like you said, into the, the, the Kalo, especially of just being humble and being present with your process and, and then having a container, you know, the right platform, right. For you, which is different for everybody. And like you said, it, it could yeah. be something totally different for someone else. And, um, but it will find you, whatever it's meant, it will find you. And then you can find the community that's going to support you too. And, you know, with um, Olona, mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah, Olona. Uh, Olona, I have to watch the kahako there. It's O-L-O-N-A, kahako over the A, um, uh, is is a website for um, Justin's media business. And it has smaller video projects that he's put together and community stuff. And is there like a group, like a supportive group on that for maybe young filmmakers or people who are curious about uh, deepening their knowledge or anything like that? Or is there anything like that you're putting together? <laughs> That's a, that's a really good idea. Actually, I don't have that um, so thing just yet, but that's a really great idea. Because, um, yeah, I think however we can empower the younger generation, your son's age and stuff, um, mm -hmm. to, to take on this kuleana of, of storytelling and all of that, um, it's, that's what's going to ensure that this continues and not just continues, but um, grows in all of the right ways. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, mahalo for that idea. I think definitely <laughs> just put something together. But if anybody does have any questions regarding like filmmaking or media or um, storytelling from the point of view of community or you know indigenous community, um, I'm always down to talk story. I'm always down to chat to meet up. So you can find me on Instagram or anything like that. Yeah. Yay! Well. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to find you on Instagram and a lot of people are going to have access. Uh, we'll put it in the bio about 
the film, you know, down on the sidewalk in Waikiki, which can you tell me who KLEE really represents? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, uh, well, Down on the Sidewalk in Waikiki is a, a scripted short film that was based on the poems of the late um, Wayne Kamuali'i Westlake, who was an artist and a poet um, and, and, and literary scholar, um, really intelligent man, but passed away, unfortunately, at a young age. He was in his mid-30s passed away in the 1980s and and so while he was alive a lot of his work was never really published and it wasn't until the 2000s that um, his good friend and actually my high school English teacher Richard Hamasaki along with um, Westlake's former partner kind of discovered this whole box of his unpublished manuscripts tucked away under a tarp in a shed and so wow. they spent, yeah, they spent the greater part of the 2000s um, going through it and editing the works. And, and then in 2009, through the University of Hawaii Press, um, published an anthology of a lot of his work. And what was really cool is that um, Richard then, in order to continue honoring his friend, kind of spearheaded this project to um, amplify Westlake's words and work. Um, so within the anthology was this collection of about 26 poems called Down on the Sidewalk in Waikiki, which Westlake um, wrote in the early 1970s while he worked as a janitor in Waikiki. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his style was, was really kind of blunt and ahead of its time and just calling the, the discrepancies in the system out for what it was, you know? Right. And, yeah. um, and so, uh, and so after publishing the book, Hamasaki reached out to a bunch of different um, bands and musicians throughout Hawaii and the Pacific from Aotearoa to Guam to the Pacific Northwest to each take one of the 26 poems and use the words as lyrics and create a song of whatever kind of genre or style. And they compiled this 26 track album. And then um, he reached out to a bunch of different uh, visual artists throughout Hawaii to each take one of the 26 poems and create some kind of visual interpretation. And mm -hmm. they had this awesome um, gallery exhibit here on Oahu. Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of the last piece he envisioned was kind of like a, a film piece. And so he reached out to me to see if I'd be interested in, um, yeah, in, in kind of interpreting the work and, and creating some kind of film piece. And so um, that's where I kind of partnered up with my longtime friend and, and filming, filmmaking collaborator, Aina Paikai. Um, and our other friend Kaipoki Aha to just start going through the, the poems and listening to the music and imagining characters and scenarios and, and a storyline and ended up coming out with this script and this story and, and found some funding for it. And, um, and yeah, I had an opportunity to create it. But so the main character, so the story is about a janitor in Waikiki mm -hmm. who um, through some traumatic events comes to discover his voice through poetry and, and his, means of expression by using his voice. Mm -hmm. And so for, for myself, the character of the janitor, Kelly, is really a metaphor for um, Kanaka Maoli in Hawaii today, um, who, you know, just like the role of a janitor who is meant to be unseen, un invisible in this tourist mecca space, you know, to keep the place clean and pretty and, and running for, for this tourism machine. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just this, this interesting allegory and, and metaphor for 
what Hawaiians have sort of become today. And but yet, um, this sense and this this journey that he's going to in seeing and sensing the spirit of the land that he's caring for, um, mm-hmm. that is kind of expressed to him in, um, yeah, the way he goes about seeing the place or the interactions that he has with um, the Kahuna character, the older character, mm-hmm. uh, kind of pushing him, kind of prodding him, guiding yeah. him. And so, yeah, Kelly, just that, that idea of like a chief in janitor's clothing, you know, this, this idea yeah. of um, what it means to be Hawaiians in Hawaii today. Mm. So, so good. Of layers, of so definitely recommend going and watching it a couple of times because there's definitely a there's lot. There's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a short film, so I think it was 18 minutes or... Yeah, about so, 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a short, but there is a lot there, is a lot there and I think it's important, too, for people who are visiting Hawaii to watch that yeah. film to get an understanding, too, of, you know, what it's like for Native Hawaiians. Yeah, I think one of the really, the coolest parts is, like, so we finished the film and, and released it early last year, 2019, um, and... So most of 2019, we had our film festival run, kind of got into a, fortunate to have gotten into a lot of film festivals around the world and get to show it to audiences around the world. And mm-hmm. for me, what was so um, satisfying and, and gratifying was getting to be in places as far as like Wyoming or, you know, Toronto yeah. or Houston and having communities and people that, that watch the film um, you know, express their sentiments to, to what resonated and to, to be like, wow, I didn't realize that perspective on Hawaii or on Waikiki or, um, you know, what it means to be a visitor in these, in these places. And so it just was beautiful for me is that it really led to some, um, important and inspiring conversations mm-hmm. around and the as- Sorry, and you were saying, um, as I was saying, it was it won the People's Choice Award for Best Short mm-hmm. Drama. Yeah, yeah, and so we're fortunate to have gotten a couple of awards at, at different film festivals, and you know, yeah, I guess what was kind of cool is that 307 Film Festival in in Wyoming. It's a smaller film festival, but what was really awesome is that they program all short films, and so they 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 screened I would say almost a hundred short films from all around the world, and you know, over the course of the two days that I was there, I sat and must have watched like almost 70 or 80 of the films that they had programmed. There's a lot of really good ones. And so it was, um, yeah, just a really amazing acknowledgement to have been awarded the the best film of that festival, you know, by by folks, um, like I said, as far as Wyoming, very much removed from Hawaii and, and things, but to still have been able to resonate with the story that down on the sidewalk carried and the, and the spirit of um, reconnecting to a place and, and seeing the beauty in a place and, and acknowledging the way that it's been mistreated for so long. Mm. And that that voice wants to be heard right now, I think is really powerful. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like, it's received, right? People are really paying attention and acknowledging it, which shows a big transformation in terms of humanity's consciousness of acknowledging what's happened in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So mahalo for that. And I want to ask you about currently what you're working on. Yeah. Um, So currently I'm juggling quite a few projects right now. Some, 
all of, all of them kind of in different stages, um, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the projects I'm really excited about, um, I'm actually a producer on, but uh, my good friend, Aina Paikai, who plays the, the role of the janitor in Down on the Sidewalk in Waikiki, um, is the writer and director of a short film called Hawaiian Soul, which okay. we filmed back in October and have been in post-production on. And so right now we're kind of in the final stages of um, finishing the film and putting it together. But it's a short film that is based on um, the story of Hawaiian musician and activist George Jarrett Helm Jr., who, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the 1970s, along with others, formed the Protect Koho Olave Ohana to... Um, actively fight the U.S. Navy's use of the island of Koho'olawe as a bombing site, a target practice site. And it was really, um, and so the film actually looks at the way that George used his music and his, his that, that vessel of, that, of, of the Hawaiian music um, to carry the message of Aloha Aina and to share that message and to, to bring people together and gain support for the movement. And so it's a story that um, almost like a superhero coming of origin story, you know, kind of, um, and, and is a, is a beautiful process, you know, that, um, you know, we had all the cast and crew fly out to Molokai to shoot it. And we stayed with uh, George's Ohana, all the Helm Ohana mm-hmm. in Kalamaula and, um, and yeah, you know, after a long day of shooting, we'd come back to the house and hear stories, hang out, you know, Kani Kapila and so cool. awesome, like integration of, of telling yeah. a story, you know, and I think what I've come to learn and realize and, and really embrace is that process in the Hawaiian filmmaking uh, or storytelling process. And that it's not just about the story you're telling, but it's, it's just as importantly is the process and the people that you're involving mm-hmm. um, because it's not just our story it's it's all of it's all of ours mm-hmm. and um and and the more that we can get those those people and those right um people to to lend their mana to it um it'll show in the final the, pro, the final film you know when people watch mm-hmm. it and have it resonate and so yeah and so we're in the final stages with that and hopefully figuring out a way to to screen it and do community screenings, um, you know, in light of these kind of COVID restrictions. Right. Um, but hopefully sometime later this summer, this fall, we can start to, to screen the film for community. So be on the lookout for that. We will uh, be on the lookout. Yeah. You can follow on Instagram, Hawaiian soul movie. Okay. Um, and then kind of in another stage where we're in the pre-production phase right now for another short film I'm helping to produce, uh, called E Malama Pono Willy Boy, which mm-hmm. is um, written by Nani Ross and Kikama Omona and being directed by Kikama. Um, and this is another scripted film that follows um, Hawaiian police officer William Kupihea, who gets called in to work on his day off um, to help the force evict Hawaiians off of a um, houseless settlement that the state has deemed illegal. Mm-hmm. And um, basically the moral conflict that he is faced with as he has to kick his own people off, off, off the land, you know? And, yeah. and so it's a relevant story, you know, it's a story that I think 
we've seen play out in things like Mauna Kea and Kahuku recently and, and things yeah. like that. And so, yeah, initially we were aiming to film it in April and then the kind of lockdown happened and things like that. And so yeah. um, our next hope is to um, shoot it in August. And so we're kind of okay. gearing up for that. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, and then a couple other projects I have really just in the, in the beginning stages right now is like, like you mentioned, the feature length documentary, Bury Me Green. Yeah. Bury and Me so Green. Yeah. And so that's a documentary that um, I'll be directing and I'm just kind of starting in on, but it, it, it's a documentary that would explore the hidden in plain sight catastrophe of our most common end of life um, choices. And so basically what, what that means essentially is um, the detrimental environmental impacts of um, non-biodegradable steel caskets that we put into the earth um, every day or the toxic chemicals that go into it and um, the fossil mm -hmm. amounts of fossil fuels that are burned in cremation and just this problem that's sort of hidden in plain sight because of our um, society's kind of taboo against the subject of death you know and mm -hmm. and not being able to have healthy conversations with loved ones around that topic and mm -hmm. so really exploring the environmental implications of these decisions and um, providing examples of alternatives rooted in indigenous perspective and wisdom whoa yeah and so that's an exciting one that uh, yeah for uh and then yeah a couple other projects kind of just starting to form as well but so all kind all kinds of things busy 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 understatement yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm well, grateful. I'm grateful. sorry i said but it's good i'm grateful very good yeah for all these opportunities mm-hmm and to, to have a lot of um, momentum. Yeah, definitely. I, and I feel like really the, um, you know, down on the sidewalk and getting to, to premiere that and, and travel to, around the world to film festivals really for me um, accelerated that momentum and allowed me to, um, I guess, yeah, more, more, confidently stand in my truth and and know that okay yeah this is my path and and it's being confirmed and acknowledged and reassured and um being able to make connections now on a global stage to um, continue making films and to continue sharing them on that kind of a stage um i feel like down on the sidewalk has really helped propel me in that sense and so grateful to that project and and all of the steps that have led to it mm-hmm all building blocks, stepping stones, right? Yeah, yeah. So important. And I really hope all of you guys out there uh, take some time to watch any of his material. Um, so we'll be putting those links on for Down on the Sidewalk, which is still um, available through the Hawaii Film Festival. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, we're... Um, we're teaming up with Vi Vi Collective and a few others. Mm -hmm. um, when is it? The dates are July 26th to the 31st um, in celebration okay. of La Ho'i Ho'i Ea, um, which is kind of a, a national Hawaiian holiday. Okay. Um, and so we'll be putting up down on the sidewalk along with other um, Hawaiian made films that people can watch. And um, I think we'll be, I think the idea is to, to get all of our, 
those local Hawaiian filmmakers together to do kind of like a, a roundtable discussion um, centered around our films and around sovereignty and, and those mm -hmm. kinds of issues um, to be able to um, put out for, for this holiday for La Ho'i Ho'i Ea. So um, yeah, also just something to look out for and another way that um, Down on the Sidewalk and, and other amazing local short films um, will be available for that week. Awesome. And are, if it's, if you are on Oahu, is, are you guys, is there a gathering or? Is I don't think we're doing it live just because of oh. the whole, um, COVID. Yeah, social distancing kind of, kind of stuff. But, um, I, I think we'll be filming it and putting it online. Okay. So we'll, we'll be posting this and everybody can learn more about it and everything that you're doing as well as support you in all your endeavors, because very inspiring and i hope that you know how much you inspire me to take on really being the storyteller of this certain indigenous voice right now which i think is very very important and and being able to share it with the world is is so wonderful so thank you brother yeah mahalo for having me this is awesome support really appreciate it oh of course i want to have you on again especially when all these other films are coming <laughs> yeah, on anytime. i would love to okay so mahalo for tuning in to the golden thread podcast everybody and we will talk to justin again mahalo aloha malama pono malama pono